Hi and welcome to the Expansive Podcast episode number 51. Uh, I am just back from a trip to Cape Town. Um, why are you frowning? Are you thinking, I'm, am I giving the wrong numbers away? What? Am I frowning? I didn't even realize I was frowning. Okay. And then, I, th- I thought you, I thought you were drinking like, my well, tea. actually, Eric, you're counting like shit because we actually recorded the 50th episode three times. So there's like episode 54. <laughs> no, not at all. I was just, I think I was just blowing on my Bad tea, tea to make it colder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. No, John Sane, how are you doing, brother? <laughs> Well, firstly, I'm not frowning. Um, and secondly, I'm drinking some delicious rose tea for my mom. Um, <clears throat> yes, welcome to the 51st episode. Um, great to be recording again. Uh, we actually met up uh, yesterday uh, in Cape Town. It's funny because you and I speak to each other all the time, but we actually only see each other physically once or twice a year, which yeah. is so weird. <clears throat> um, I forgot how tall you were. So it was nice to see you yesterday. And handsome, and, you mean. Uh, uh, well, I meant I couldn't see because you were so tall. Your, your head is in the cloud, um, and handsome, of course. Yeah, good. Uh, good to be back. Good to be recording. Uh, we've got some new ideas, some new plans for the podcast. We're excited about them, and uh, we wanted to make a follow-up uh, podcast uh, on last time's podcast. So, Eric, you want to tee up? That, yeah. Well, uh, last before we get to that, you know how how are things going with the book launch? Um, it's there's obviously a book big launch coming up soon, uh, but how are things going? Oh yes, yeah. Yes, yes, all good. Uh, 19th of November, uh, register at johnsono.com backslash event. Um, and uh, yeah, we're doing a great hybrid event, uh, lots of movement. I just got off a interview with uh, CNBC Africa on, on the book. Um, and I think, you know, there's a panic right now, especially because everybody's waiting for the American results uh, to mm. come up. Um, and I cannot, I cannot fathom that more people have voted for Trump this year than they did last time. More people. There is just like America, more than half of America is racist. It's like you can't be anything but racist to want to vote for him because he's obviously a racist. Um, which just blows my mind is that there are that many of those people. Anyway, that's CNBC and the interview that was happening in the background. I could hear them talking about the panic around the, the, the <clears throat> election. Yeah. I've been so hearing yes, a fresh on Twitter. All day long to see what's happening. Yeah, I think everybody's on. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, it's a big day. Tell me, you know, we were speaking about this yesterday, like how you've been launching this book and how you are launching this book is very different from your previous books. Um, how does it feel like to, to be launching a book when it's so different from before? It's real terrible. Terrible because. I don't know if you remember, I used to go book, uh, what was it? I did it on Instagram. I created something. I'm, I'm going book hunting. And I used to always like have that story moving into the exclusive books, finding my book on the shelf. And like, so, so like excited that your book's on the shelf. And <clears throat> now there's none of that. There's mm. also nobody at exclusive books really buying there. So everything's been done digitally. And so the sales are going well, apparently. I don't know. I mean, I think they're going well. Like take a lot says they're going well. So, yeah, and Amazon, I'm getting a bunch of sales through Amazon. So, yeah, it's weird. I, I think, I think the thing is, is we're not getting the dopamine hits like we used to get. You know, getting mm-hmm. up on stage was a dopamine hit. Having your sales of your books was a dopamine hit. Was these things that we used to gather our joy from have been taken away from us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to get into this place of trying to figure out the new ways. And so book launch, speaking, career, all of this is almost like, like we don't have those hits anymore, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's, 
It's strange. And I guess that's exactly why we are no man's land in the strange part of mm. this reality that we're living in right now. Yeah. And I, I, like, you know, what's so obvious to me is like, it was all tangible before and now it feels intangible. Mm. Like, that's a good way to describe it. Like, that's the thing with, with your book launches. When I think back, cause I mean, I, I've been, I've been to book launch of yours. I've been a part of book launch of yours. And like, it's, it's just so tangible because all the books are there and people are getting it signed and there's like an energy. And, and when you're doing it digitally like this, it's just like, phew, there it goes. There's, there's a sale there's that, and that, there's yeah. a sale and there's a sale. And like, but like, there's no, there's no physicality yeah. to it. That's so weird because you say that I'm sitting here on my, uh, in my studio at home wearing shorts and slip slops. I've just been to the beach downstairs. I've had an interview. I've had a strat session. And I get none of that feedback. You know, we were talking mm. about it yesterday. There's no feedback from people to say they enjoy it, don't enjoy it. You don't know. And so I'm cooped up in my own apartment and my studio all day. And then I go for a cycle, which is by myself. And then I see three or four of my really close friends that are all, all of a sudden living in Cape Town, which is just amazing. But that's it. Mm. You actually don't see anybody else. You're like, you don't engage with mm. anybody else. I mean, you've got your dogs and your missus. Yeah. Like, where do yeah. you actually engage with other people? It's weird. And, you know, I was even thinking about it from a keynote point of view is that most of the times when I'm doing keynotes these days uh, on zoom, I'll minimize the gallery view. So I only have one person that I might see in a block, but the rest is actually my notes and like, and things like that, you know? So it's also not that you are in, interacting with an audience and immediately seeing them nod their heads or laugh or like, so I'm not seeing that actually, like I'm just delivering my keynote. And then once I'm doing the Q and a, then I'll bring up all the faces, but I actually find the faces <coughs> distracting when I'm delivering the keynote. Is it the same for you? Or do you have all the faces yeah. up and you just talk? You know what's so funny? <clears throat> Last week I was on Jeremy Mags and today I was on CNBC. And both of their uh, platforms, I could only see myself. Yeah. And, mm. and, and it's almost like in Zoom, I'm doing the same. I'm like looking at, like I've got this comfort with myself. I'm like looking at myself. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at myself. <laughs> and so I don't, you know, again, it's like weird. It's mm. like, you know, I'm, I'm being interviewed and I'm trying to, sound like I'm part of an, a, a, a conversation, but I'm speaking to myself. Mm. So even on Zoom, mm. you know, I think most people are looking at themselves because it's just it's new, it's weird, yeah. it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Listen, so um, weird. so on to the topic for today, you know, we, the last time we recorded, uh, we were both feeling very much squarely stuck in no man's land, in the wilderness, um, kind of a, this delayed onset. Like I, I was actually thinking of, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, he takes those quaaludes, and they, yeah. like, they take so many of them initially and like nothing happens. They just keep like smashing. And then a few hours later, he's like crawling into his Lamborghini. Remember that scene? Yeah. It, it, I yeah. felt like it's the same thing. Like we had this like delayed fuse, this delayed reaction <clears throat> to what's happened. Uh, yeah. but we're both feeling much better. And so I thought we could, we could have a chat about that. Like what has helped us to not necessarily like escape it, like that there's something actively that we've done to escape it, but like what's been happening since? So you want to take us and, and uh, tee us off with that? Yeah, I think, I think the thing is, is a couple of realizations I've had is that we're in this for a while. And I think settling into the fact that we're in this for a while has settled me. Mm. It's made me feel okay. Um, it, I, also, last time we were speaking about being lost in the wilderness, it's when you accept that you're lost in the wilderness, you, you almost settle into the lostness. <clears throat> and the the big point of this and the problem with this is that once you accept that you're in this place of no man's land, 
you forget who you are. Like you, you have to let go of the identity of who you were in that old world. Because you, like somebody said the other day, I can't wait. Oh, it was Mark. He was saying to me, I can't wait to get back to London. I was like, which London? Mm. Uh, the old London we knew is not the new London you're going back to. Trust me. It's, mm. it's going to be vastly different. I was watching a documentary this morning about the mass exodus out of San Francisco, about out of New York and just major cities being de-urbanized. What's going to take millions of people moving back? And also we must remember that there's bankruptcies going to be happening inside all these cities because there's no tax. They're not collecting tax. They're no house sales. So we're seeing this beginning of this implosion and de-urbanization. But ultimately, if we come back to ourselves, what we're doing is we have lost who we were because the world around us isn't what it used to be. And we haven't quite re-identified who we're supposed to be or who we could be or should be in this new world because it's uncertain. Mm. So you're almost in this space where you've had to abandon your old self. You've had to let go of who you were. And that abandonment of self is a very depressing process. It's it's something that I've been going through is about like just forgetting forgetting who you were, what you were good at, how good you were at it. And look, we were just talking right at the beginning of the podcast is you're not going up on stage. Nobody's clapping. Like, mm. you know, I'm not seeing people with my book in their hands and all the things that I used to see as success. And I imagine all our listeners have their own. Like, you know, like I used to go to the gym and I used to look good at the gym. Now I can't go to the gym anymore. Okay. Mm. Well, that's also been taken away. So I think it's this one, accepting that you lost two realizing that the old version of you is not really the version that you need in the future. Almost yours can't even design that future. And so the theme for me for the week has kind of been just like not to abandon myself, not to forget at my old successes, just because I don't know what my new ones look like, not to actually abandon the old self that really worked hard to get to where he is. And I think that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Mm. You know, um, the, the phrase that I read this week that kind of ties in very well to this is this idea that we have a constructed self and that constructed mm. self is all of your previous successes. It's all of the things that made you who you were, the titles, mm. the accolades, the salary, like all those things kind of informed your identity. And then because they've been knocked down, like all of a sudden that's, that's part of why you feel lost because those were the attachment mm. points and then they mm. get stripped away. And then you're like, mm. well, well, who am I? And then we have to go on this journey again to discover who we are. And very often what's interesting about that journey is that it's not actually a discovering who you are. It's a remembering of like the things that you are inherently very good at, the things that make you dangerous, the things that um, the character traits that you have or the skills that you have. Because when we get into that mode, and that's definitely something that's been true for me. And in fact, like it, almost everyone who I've spoken to, who I've thought us in that space, who are like harmless or in survival mode, they they stop doing the things they are good at. And it's quite interesting because by not doing the things that you are good at, you keep yourself where you are. Mm. Right? Like so like that remembering of like, oh, like this is actually who I am, this is actually what I'm good at allows you to go and act in that way. And in acting in that way, you change the situation the way that you feel. And so like you actually start emerging out of it. But it's by going back and remembering look look i i look the analogy I, i'm thinking of while you're saying this you know when i when i got divorced <clears throat> i remember eating food again that i enjoyed not we enjoyed mm. 
I remember going to restaurants that I like, not we like. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was a remembrance of who I was. And, and I think there's nothing wrong with that because I think in a relationship, you have to let go of who you are to become a unit, a new unit, right? And so I don't mind losing parts of myself there. The problem I have, or maybe the challenge I have with this remembering yourself is that who you were and what you were good at are not necessarily what are going to be needed in this new world. That's the thing is that, mm. you know, I would imagine that if you're a farm worker and then the industrial revolution arrived, you know, your farm skills are useless. They're pointless inside a factory. Mm. And so here we are in this absolute chasm of a transition, really at the beginning of it, 2023, 2024 is maybe when we'll start getting some sort of momentum again. We still have a lot of breaking up to do, a lot of, a lot of like chaos still to happen, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so I, I don't know, I, you know, it's, it, I, I agree and disagree with remembering because remembering isn't ultimately who you need to become. Mm. But, yeah. So I almost think there's like a different, there's, there are different levels to this, right? Like, so, um, there's a remembering that you have what it takes that you've been through difficult ah. times that you've, okay. you know, um, it's not necess necessarily remembering a specific skill, but it's like, I have what it takes or I have what it takes mm. in order to go and learn the new skill. Um, so it's almost like a, a, a macro remembrance of like, you know, like you, you got it, you have it. Ah, very good. Okay, you know? good. That, that brings clarity for yeah. me because yes, I agree. Uh, in not abandoning yourself, don't abandon yourself in the fact that you don't have what it takes. Mm. That's mm. as you've had challenges like this before. This one is a global challenge. You part of the global family. You're also part of the challenge. And it's almost like we collectively in this hero's journey, you know, and it's this, it's this massive global hero's journey that we are almost like lost faith. I mean, I was saying it in the interview today with CNBC is like we've lost faith with all the things we used to have faith in. Mm. Think about education. Think about politics. Think about socioeconomic. Think about, um, what was, I had used another example. Anyway, uh, religion, religion, mm. another one, religion is that we, we had these very clear safety nets that we used to fall back on. And I remember, I mean, uh, you remember, I'm sure when you were a kid, 7 PM arrived and the whole, your mom and dad would be like, shh, the news is on. <laughs> so the whole house would be quiet to listen to the gospel of the prime minister. And, uh, and, and, and our parents believed that stuff verbatim. There was no reason not to believe that stuff. And, uh, today we know the news comes on and you're like, whatever, who's yeah. saying it? What's the propaganda message? So while we've lost all these structures around us or the, or the comfort within them, we also have to realize that we, as, as part of this human village in this hero's journey that we're in, we also need to reinvent and rethink. And, and that's a daunting task. It almost feels like, you know, I did Everest, uh, base camp Everest in 2010. And I remember starting the trek. It's nine days up and three days down. It was by far one of the most flipping hardest things I've done physically, but it's almost like I'm at the beginning of that journey. I'm like, mm. oh my God, here we go. It's like daunting what's going to be coming, you know? You know, um, I think when, when you say back yourself and like when, when we talk about abandoning yourself and uh, one thing that comes to mind, a story that comes to mind for me is that a client, he told, he told me this like a couple of weeks ago that uh, he's a super bike racer and he's really good at, at, uh, at racing, but he always ends up about fourth or fifth 
So like, it's quite predictable that like, he's going to get into the race. Um, like guys are away in front. He probably won't beat, but no one else is going to beat him. And we were talking about, about, you know, being dangerous. Obviously, like we were using that frame. And the one thing he said is, you know what I realized was that I actually forgot that I have the option to win. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've become so okay with being fourth or fifth that I've actually resigned myself from thinking I can win. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big part of it. Like when you say back yourself, I'm like, like give yourself the option to win. And, mm-hmm. and what do you require in order to do that? And perhaps it is a remembrance that, you know, you have a certain skill set or you have a certain temperament or you have been through things that will enable you to get through this as well. But I think it's also, you know, you were, you were talking about dealing with uncertainty and with connection. Like, what are the things that are going to help you to deal with the uncertainty? Mm. What was, so, what was that about? Yeah. yeah so I think uh, like, like trying to ascertain what are the most important things when you're in such an uncertain space and that your old self is not relevant as we start moving into the future. Um, I think it was Joe Dispenza says your past becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. It's like it becomes worthless eventually, mm-hmm. you know? So you've got to keep like investing into the future, but we almost don't know what, what we need to do. And so when you're in the space, what's important? And that was the kind of thing. It was like, if my career, I don't know what it looks like yet, or if my, like many things I'm not sure of, but the one thing I can be sure of, and maybe one thing that all of us need to start focusing more on is deep connections with our friends and families, is really starting to come back down to these conversations, being heard, listening, and just connecting. Mm. and um, just spending time with friends because I think everybody's taking a little bit of strain or a lot of strain um, and just solidifying uh, friendships and relationships and having a deeper connection, I think, will ground us and will mm. give us a sense of community, which I think is important in spaces of uncertainty. You know, it's interesting because I was actually, I was thinking this morning, like when we find ourselves being very complacent, um, cause that also happens, right? Like in the space that you are in is like, even if you're not doing well, to some extent, there's a complacency that if you speak to other people who aren't doing well either, then the complacency almost gets amplified because you're like, well, I'm not doing well, but you're also not doing well. So it's okay that we're not doing well. Right. Yeah. So there's that. But then also if you're speaking to friends and family who might be doing much better than you, like that almost becomes, um, What's what I'm looking for? Like, um, like debilitating in a way, like, like you feel so inferior to the fact that you are doing so, so badly. And so like that complacency then grows even more because now you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm almost, it's the opposite of demotivated. That's what I'm looking for. The opposite of motivated is demotivated. I'm almost like demotivated and like, so I become even more complacent than where I'm at. Um, but that's the person who's given up on themselves. That's what we're saying is, Mm. Don't abandon yourself. It's like when you start abandoning yourself, it's a spiral downwards mm. and you forget that you're able to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. And it's really just about manning up or womaning up to yourself and saying, well, look, you know, I can't sit around and be complacent. I can't sit around and sulk. I've really got to start to back myself and to prepare and try and experiment and conversate and connect and just get out there, you mm. know, whether it's online or, or physically, which you can't most probably do, but 
online, get out there, put stuff out there. You know, if you, if you want to make a post, make the post. Like if you want to reach out and make a comment, make the comment, see where it goes. And I think it's that, it's that, um, it, it's almost like it's frozen many people. Mm. Like we don't know what to do. It's this fright of flight thing, right? It's been triggering us. So yeah, I think, I think the thing is, is, and both of us feeling better. I think it's also an acceptance of the world not going back to normality mm. and really deeply accepting that because that's a tough thing, you know, like really deeply accepting that, you know, you're not going to get onto a plane again for a very long time. Mm. And that's just where we're at, you know, you know, I- like the relaxation into it is is so counterintuitive for me and I think for many other people. Like you you just want to figure your way out of it. You just want to push out of it as soon as possible. But there's just there's such freedom in relaxing into it. And relaxing into it does not mean that you are giving up in a situation. It just means that you you actually like you cast off your your chains and you say, Well, because I'm relaxing into it. Um, the relaxation actually gives you the focus that you need to do something about it. The relaxation actually gives you the space in which you can operate and, and make moves. Whereas when you are so tightly wound, um, personally, like I just feel like I can't be creative when I'm in that space, like in that state. Like I'm, I'm desperately trying to find a solution. And because I'm so desperately trying to find it, it just evades me all the time. But the moment you step back and the moment you give it space, actually that's when the magic happens. And so, I think that's a big thing. Um, there's a guy called Timothy Galway and he talks about, so he was a sports coach. And one of the things he always said is like, when you are in training, like be wound up, like be focused on the analytical next step and like, where's your hand and like all that. But the moment you step onto the course, you need to relax into that swing. The moment you then start overthinking it, you're going to screw it up. The moment you start like thinking, where's your hand? You're going to, it's, you're going to fall to pieces. So like, Practice analytically, but perform intuitively, you know? So, like, s- relax into that part of it. And I think that's uh, it's a great thing to go and practice. I like that. Uh, practice intellectually, play intuitively. Practice analytically, yeah. Analytically, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the words that are coming to me is being ambitiously carefree. Mm. Being be like be ambitious but be carefree like almost mm. like it's that it's that acceptance of i'm putting in the effort i'm in the system i'm operating in the system and i'm letting the outcome be what it needs to be by me just practicing what i need to practice you know it's like i'm running a race because i want to finish the race not necessarily always have to win the race i just want to finish the race and the result might be that i win but actually i'm going in just to follow that system just to mm. follow that system and those are my wins and actually somebody said something really great to me today he said um make your success like make it smaller like measure the rules of success make them easier mm. like allow yourself to win more in times of uncertainty and i love that because that's exactly it is like when we have these bodacious huge goals and in times of such uncertainty they don't happen Make your rules for success easier. Like, like make them small wins. Mm. Did you wake up early? Yes. Did you do a 10 minute meditation? Yes. Okay. You're winning. Mm. You're on your way. You know, mm. you don't have to get to a 45 minute meditation and you don't have to be cracking what you used to be able to crack. So I think also that think definition of success and yeah. make it easier. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, will you close us out? What has been like the take home message for people for today's podcast? Yeah, I think that the the major message for me is don't abandon yourself. Yeah. Don't give up. Don't forget. This is hard for all of us. 
We're all going through it. And you can see Eric and I aren't recording podcasts as often as we used to be. We're also going through our stuff. And, and, and it's almost like weird, you know, we need, we need that momentum in the, in the podcast world. So, you know, you're receiving a podcast from us every week, but often we get to the point to want to record it and we just flat and we just flat and we've got to be okay with that as well. So mm. be okay with being down, but don't abandon yourself, get up and get going again and remember who you are, remember what you're good at. And you know, the world will shift and will change again, but you know, we're just at the beginning of this chasm mm. and that's okay. Yeah, thank you for that. And to everyone listening, uh, thank you. We always appreciate you tuning in. And we are, we are bringing more intention to the podcast as well, uh, especially moving into 2021. We were speaking yesterday that we actually want to relaunch the podcast in many ways, uh, that we want to be more interactive with people who are listening, because ultimately that's what we are about. Like the expansive is about creating a movement and not just about us. Uh, we love speaking to each other, but that's not what the podcast is about. It's about adding value where we can. And I think value is added best when it's, uh, when it's a two way conversation and not just us speaking and, and you listening, but rather us bringing a community together of people who want to live expansively or whatever that might mean for them. So, uh, definitely going into 2021. That is our intention. We were speaking yesterday already about, um, words for the year. And, uh, it got me thinking, like, I think I, I think I know where I'm going. Uh, but I'm still letting the word come to me. I know you have your word already, and we'll definitely do an episode on that. Uh, but to everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to continuing this journey with you, John, as always. A pleasure, brother. Thank you very much. If you think that anybody could listen to this and benefit, please share it with them as well. And thank you for being with us with us on this journey. Ciao.